We're on, aren't we? We're on, mate. We're on. John is just laughing at us. Hey, big welcome to you those gathering this evening. Robbie Spice is my name, one of the pastors here in the church. And I've got the awesome opportunity to sit with this great man, Andrew Tunstall, and uh, hear uh, a story of coming to faith. Really also a real story of transformation as well. Um, amongst our Sunday services, yeah, there's an opportunity uh, that we love to create to hear God at work stories, stories where we hear how God's transformed and worked in someone's life. Um, again, whether that's through a coming of faith story, maybe it's through um, an intentional missions project or, or another opportunity of someone experiencing um, huge transformation through answered prayer. Um, we love it because uh, these stories uh, we see as, a, as an act of praise as we celebrate the work that God's done in someone's life. And as Pastor Mattaway says, you know, what God does in one person's life is a message of hope and encouragement for us all. And um, Andy, your story is a real message of hope. And um, yeah, it's awesome. And I will get us, you, you hit me up last this morning, you think I was going to talk for too long, but I just want to give thanks to, the, you know, the relationship that I've had with you and, and the journey. I know, you know, in front of these guys and in front of our young adults, this is a guy that I get to journey with in life group. Um, and, you know, it clicked with me this morning when you said, you know, sometimes, you know, you, you came to faith in 2019, but um, the, just what you've sown into our men's group, uh, just the hunger that you have to see others know Jesus and to continue to rally us as a group of guys has been enriching. And I know the men in our group, you know, as I said this morning, see you as someone that's passionate, humble and, and, just, and just genuine. And as we'll talk later on, just a real, real encourager. But as I said, you, you didn't, you know, you came to faith in 2019 um, and didn't really grow up really knowing much, you know, connected to the church. But maybe you just want to give us a little snapshot of your upbringing just to kick things off. No worries. G'day, church. Yeah, I, uh, I grew up in a, a small town southeast of Melbourne called Packenham, and it was just an idyllic childhood, you know, M- nurturing mum and dad, paddocks to roam around in. We went ferreting, yabbying. He's a punch my little brother up all the time. That was good. And uh, yeah, mum and dad worked really hard, got me into a, a good school. And as I said, nurturing, they're still together today. But yeah, no, there was no, there was no Jesus. Mum and dad weren't of faith or anything like that. So yeah, I couldn't fault it my childhood. Was, what was your concept of God as, at that stage of life, at that age? Like, a, like the Pope or something like that, you know. That was, well, my grandma had, a, she had a, two pictures on her bedroom wall and that was, one was the Pope and the other one was the Queen, you know. So that was... Amazing. Yeah. Two great people. Amazing. <laughs> hey, um, you want to just maybe unpack that next stage of life for you? You know, um, I guess like you said, you, you grew up in a great family and um, and then, you know, we showed this morning, you're a man that loved your music. You got in. You got into that scene pretty heavily and, and that was pretty, pretty, pretty formative for your identity and where your passions lied. Yeah, it really was, you know. Um, well, I, I, I played guitar from an early age. And it's probably around about 16, 17 I joined a band, joined a punk band. And then that was it for me, you know. I just wanted to play rock and roll music and live the rock and roll lifestyle, you know. And that was a pretty heady, hedonistic, it was hedonistic, you know. Mm. From an early age, mm. that punk scene in Melbourne, it was, yeah, it was quite dark and, and, uh, and dangerous as well, you know, which led me to heavy drinking, smoking pot. And ultimately, led me. By the time I was 21, I started using heroin, yep. which, um, which, and, and 
you know, it got to the stage, say, over the next four years from there, where even the, even the guys in the punk band, it was too much for them. I just kept letting them down too much, you know. By the time I was 25, it was all pear-shaped. But, but amongst that, you still lived, um, you were able to still manage your life, you, you had a family, yep. you had a good job. Yeah, so you had a lot. The, yeah, yeah. You had a lot. Within worldly standards, you, you, were, you were doing quite well. I was, yeah, in spite of, in spite of not being near God. I, was, uh, I kept down a job, I finished an apprenticeship, you know. I was sort of like a functioning adult and, until it was dysfunctional, I might add. Yeah. You know. Amazingly, God, you know, even at that stage was, you know, as I said, God, you know, one of the things I really believe is, is God is always at work around us and, and amazingly, you know, one of that, that uh, your boss, John Rusgrove, when you're working, was it the printing printing company, mm-hmm. was a Christian, and so you had some experiences there. Can you, you share a little bit about that? No worries. So John Rusgrave, he owned a company called Foil Masters, which was a, uh, a printing company, and actually I was the only non-Christian working there. So every morning I'd walk in and they'd be in the tea room and going, hey, Andrew, you want to come in for prayer? And I'd just, no, mate, no way, you know. And, uh, but they just, you know, it's, and I never did. I never did go in there for prayer with them, you know, and they're good friends. You couldn't with me even now. give them one, one time. Not one, nah, I wasn't giving them nothing. <laughs> and why is that? Like, what, what, what was going on there? I was why just, wouldn't I was, you? I thought I was too smart. Thought I was too tough. Thought I was too cool. You know, it, um, it's. Was it? Was there a chance of being confronted by you know thinking, oh, oh these guys, these guys paint the perfect picture, and Christians are this, and my the things that I'm doing in my life right now. God won't accept that, or was there any of that going on? A little bit. Like, I would, if I was to, you know, go into that stage then, I would have had to give a lot up, you know, which I wasn't willing to, you know. Mm. There was no way. No way was I willing to. So, yeah, but they, they kept at it, you know. And even John, John Rusgrove, the owner, he was larger than life. And he was, and he was quite a new Christian at the time. But he, so he really got his hooks into me, you know. He was bringing Bibles around. He even bought me a kitten. <laughs> you know, and prayed for me when he gave me the kitten. Yeah. You know, things things like that. You know, even dare like in terms of dares, I've never heard this kind of dare. But yeah, okay. So yeah, he dared me to read the Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John twice. He said, "Read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John twice." He said, "I dare you to," and and I, in the end, I just just to shut him up, I said, "Okay, I'll read it." <laughs> and did you? Twenty five years later. Yeah, that's yeah. it. <laughs> But isn't that incredible? I think you wrote that. Like, what what did you know? Because you you caught up with him in his latter stages of life, and and he he made that comment around seeing where your life was at in God, and he did, he did, and and like, and he sort of moved away a bit from God. I went, ended up going into business with him later, and he did move away. His relationship wasn't as tight it was when it was at the start, and and later on he, he got quite sick. He, he got bowel cancer. And I was able to go back there as a Christian and, and just fellowship with him. And in fact, I, told, I said to him, I said, mate, I found Jesus. I went there and he said, he said, mate, said, sometimes God answers prayers overnight. Sometimes it takes 25 years. You know? So it's awesome. I mean, so, that, yeah. that's amazing. I, I sit there and go to think that um, this man, you know, 25 years ago, had you walking into his work every day, rejecting every advance to even come in and be prayed for, mm. and 25 years later, at uh, you know at his you know near his on his deathbed, you know through his later stages of life, that you're 
that Andrew would walk into his room and minister to him and and encourage him in oh, his faith. It was such a blessing, you know. It was such a, and we did like I'd go there every Sunday afternoon and we'd delve into the word, pray. I got to lay hands on him, you know, when he was real sick, and mate, it was just a true blessing. Yeah, it's awesome. I yep. think it's it's a huge encouragement, a huge reminder of, you know, those that we have on our heart. I think even Jono was talking about that. We go through lots and we're praying about things and to think that um, John would see you 25 years later leading and loving Jesus mm. and, and being able to minister to Him. Hey, um, you, you're journeying in life. You've, you've got maybe all the things that the world would say, hey, well done, job, family, I think you said you had investment properties and, and another and a, your own house. Yep. Um, but probably those behaviours that you you established and 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 those um, addictive behaviours started to take it, its its toll on your life. Uh, they did, they did, and I actually managed to say like clean clean from heroin. Like I never went back to heroin. That was over twenty years ago, and I managed to stay. I managed to stay clean, or cleanish, I call it. I was still drinking heavy and still smoking pot. But, mate, I built a business, you know. You know, we um, got married, started family and things like that, and I thought I was doing well, you know. And uh, the business went for eight years. Now, the business started getting really busy, so I ended up going back to old behaviours and just started pulling all-nighters at work to try and get through it. You know, and that led to you know later on, 15 years after my first coming off the rails was uh, ice addiction, mm. which and within 18 months of of using ice, I lost everything. Everything lost the house. We had a nice house on the hill. I had a holiday house down in Phillip Island. My business, my family, everything. Where did that? You know, I mean, I. It, it's, just share with us where that left you mentally and emotionally. Oh, so I was broken. I was I was smashed. I um I was I was staying in a rental far from where my family lived. And my brother was paying the rent, and um, I just remember the day that the house my house was settling, and I was just lying on this mattress on the floor, and I just wanted to go home, but home was gone. The house was settling someone else. It was someone else's home. I didn't you know I didn't have a home, and just the hopelessness, the brokenness, and the loneliness. It was just overbearing, and I was just ready to end it all, and I and I tried. And, and yeah, just talk us through that a little bit. Yeah, so I um, I ran a hot bath, jumped in the bath, you know, was going to with the razor blade, and just something happened, and I really started to enjoy the hot bath. <laughs> and and it's, I, I, you know, and, and looking back, I, I I didn't have God in my life at the time, but it's. It, that's a divine intervention for sure. To the fat part where I just started going, oh, this is nice, you know. And I forgot all about what I, that my plan, what I was going to do. Mm. I actually hopped out and stepped over the razor blade and, and dried off and, and, you know, just... It, and it was a turning point. It was, it, it was like, I can't, I can't believe it. I, I missed a bullet there I lived to fight another day. So <laughs> I, I sort of... It was from there. I told my brother about it. Now... Going back three years before that, my brother had addiction problems and he actually went and did six months, six months at a place called Foundation in 61. And when he was going into Foundation 61, I remember saying to my wife and my ex-wife at the time, I said, gee, I wish I had six months to go and work on myself. I said, I could really do, you know, because I, I was so busy, I was, you know, drinking a bit and smoking too much pot. 
when everything went south, it was when Claire, my ex-wife, she said to me, she said, look, remember you said you wish you had six months? Well, you got six months. And so I did. I applied. I, I put my name down to go to rehab. And, and I think it was about a month and a half, two months, I had to wait. But I uh, entered Foundation 61. Yeah, and, and for those who don't know, Foundation 61, they're a partner in mission at this church and it's a house out in Mount, Mount Denis that, um, yeah, is a drug and alcohol rehab facility. Mm. Guys go there for six months uh, to, to overcome addictions. I guess one of the big things in connecting in at Foundation 61 is its its roots are in transformation and, and through you know, a relationship with God, something that's not pressed upon, but it's the foundations of, of their outworking in terms of restoration. I guess when you walked in there, what were you thinking was going to happen with your with oh, God? Was? I don't know. I actually, I actually went in there because I was that broken. I knew that everything had to change. So I, w- I walked in with a real propensity for change. So I really didn't know. I knew we had to go to church on Sundays. So I was all set for that. But they, they just create a safe place. A safe place, and as Rob Rob Lisky said a few times, you know, it's it's invite only. If someone comes up, pray, you know, give them all they want, but don't bug them. You know, I mean, it bugs them that I've got to take them to church. That mm. bugs them, but um, you know, it's just a safe place where they can ask questions, be vulnerable, and sort through their issues. So, it was I, I didn't ask this this morning, but what was it like? It's always interesting knowing your concept and perspective of who God was and what the church looked like. What was it like walking in here and going, all right, this is, I have to turn up here and hear, hear a message from some guy who thinks he's good with God and all the rest of it? I don't know. Well, was there a mindset that was like... It was, it, was, it was a bit of a sensory overload for me, really. You know, because it's a pretty slick outfit, you know, one hope. <laughs> but um, I just remember thinking and looking around, you know, and seeing a lot of smiling and people with just goodness in their hearts. I, you forget that there's that many people in the world who have goodness in their hearts, mm. you know, who aren't filled with anguish. I mean, not saying that no one is not filled with anguish, but it's, it really, it was an eye-opener to, to a gathering crowd of people who want to do good. Yeah. Mm. And I guess that time in Foundation 61, it was very foundational in terms of your, yeah, um, overcoming addiction, but obviously encountering, you know, Jesus and, and inviting him into your life. I think it's, um, yeah, you, again, I guess you went in there thinking, all right, or was that the case, going in there and going, hey, I'm coming in here, I want to get my life back on track, I want to get the thing, I want to get things back, but then, hang on, I'm about to find out a bit more about this guy I, that loves I, me and knows me. I went in and uh, I spoke with my brother about that and my brother said, look, there's a bit of Christian stuff going on. <laughs> he said, but sometimes just take what you need from it, you know, what, take what you think is going to help you in your recovery and just leave the, the silly stuff, you know. Yeah. So, but it didn't work out that way. It was, uh, I remember Sharon coming up, Sharon and Graham Tonkin, they, they do a Monday night devotional, which is, you know, you don't have to go along. And the first Monday they said, oh, you want to come in? I said, oh, I've seen all that stuff before, you know. I don't know, I'm immune to that sort of stuff, <laughs> you know. And, it, and there, was, there was a few things at the time that were happening like that. So there was Graham and Sharon sort of persevering with me and I ended up, going to Monday nights because there's no TV in there on a Monday night. So, <laughs> so I thought, good, oh, well, I may as well, I may as well go. 61, no TV. Well, Monday, Monday and Wednesdays, there's no TV. Mm. So you may as well go and, you know, yeah. delve into the Word with Graham and Sharon. And at the time, there was um, 
there was an advert on the big screen in church for Alpha, and it was one of my friends, Luke Brennan, our brother Luke Brennan. Yeah. And I think you did the video grab, and he'd been to the Alpha before, and he was, he was just saying, and the last thing he said was, and now I've got a relationship with God. And as he said that, he's, he's, he just smiled, and his eyes lit up, and I just looked at it and I thought, wow, what's, what's going That's real, you yeah. know? That's, that's like real, it was just real love. I just saw real love. So there was, there was quite a few things. And as I think I said this morning, you know, there's that saying, death by a thousand punches. Well, this was life by a thousand kisses, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and it was. And then I went to Alpha and, you know, and that was huge, you know, all that Nicky Gumbel stuff. And also we had um, Jack Black would come out on a Wednesday night. Jack Black comes to this church? Yeah, yeah not the actor. Not, no. yeah, not Jack Black. No, from, not yeah, the actor. No, 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 yeah, that'd, be, that'd be a bit of fun, yeah. wouldn't that? <laughs> <laughs> no, so no, Jack, Jack Black. And, uh, so, he, just and maybe a, unpack to them what he... Yeah, 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 so he's a fascinating man. He was a, actually a biologist and he worked on the cochlear ear, implant, ear implants. He was part of that team. But his hobby and his passion in retirement is astronomy. And he just loves delving into the stars. And he would come out and do a talk and show all these pictures and things like that. But it was from a, a, crea- a, a, cre- a creationist sort of point of view, a Christian point of view, looking at the stars and things like that. And, and he actually threw some numbers how it just couldn't have been a mistake. You know, it had to be created. And that was like, that was a real switch for me. Because I thought I was too smart to be a Christian. And then all of a sudden I thought... How did I miss this? You know, what? You no, know, I thought I was a smart bloke, and I've yeah. missed this. So yeah, that was massive, and to, to the point it wasn't long after that that I just got down on my knees and thought, "All right, let's go, God. You know, let's go." And, yeah. and and I did. Can you can you talk us through that? I mean, look, I, I think it's incredible your story. Knowing, you know, I think you talked about John Rusgrove being the seeds that had been planted there. And then coming into Foundation 61, I mean, the group that you were with, that there was a real move, you know. You talked about Luke really pressing mm. in on uh, the purpose-driven life. It was almost like, man, you went in there and you were, you were done for. I mean, you had Graham and Sharon that were really, you know, pressing in and, and you know, leading you and discipling you. You know, Jack Black, uh, Luke, um, you know, there was, some real, there was some real pressing in there and I guess... Maybe just talk to us through through all that. I mean, you re- there was a point where it was like because you've talked about like anyone, it's like I'm not going to give my I'm not going to give God control this guy control of my life. But there was this part where you talked about uh, hands off the steering wheel and well, it's funny because when I was at the, like 25 years earlier when the guys are going and I'd say and I'd, they'd be telling me something. I said, well, how do you know? And they say, well, the Bible tells me so. And I said, yeah, but how do you know? You know? And they, and they, and I used to say to them, I said, look, prove it to me. And then I'll surrender, you know. Just prove it to me, then I'll surrender. But I had it back to front, Rob. It was, you know, 25 years later I surrendered and the proof was irrefutable, you know. Yeah. I just had to surrender first. I had to take that step. And then, and then the proof just came flooding in, it, you know. As a friend of mine, Trish, said last week, she said, you got knocked off your donkey. <laughs> and, you know, it was, uh, it was mm-hmm. an amazing moment. I, I cried. I got down on my knees. I just said, Jesus, you know, thank you for dying for me. Lord, forgive me for my sins and help me accept your forgiveness. Amazing, mate. Yeah, and then cried. Yeah. Yeah. Is it, and those tears, what, what was, you know, is it, yeah, can you describe what it the was emotion like was sun, there? It was like a son crying 
because his dad loves him so much. It, yeah. uh, just uh, this overwhelming feeling of fatherly love. Which and my, my, my dad loved me, but this was it, this was otherworldly. This was supernatural fatherly love, and it it, it was amazing. You've talked about that early time, you know, that experience of just being filled with love and just knowing that 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 love from God. Um, yeah, is it's yeah, you, like you said, supernatural. Uh, mm. Yeah, it's and you can you can you. I remember watching that video, uh, this other video we did of you a number of yeah, back in twenty nineteen, yeah. and just you were you were just bursting. I was beaming. You were beaming, mate. <laughs> You got a I, good st- smile. I still am. I still am. You are. You, know? you really it's, are. I, I, yeah. Yep. No, the love of God. It just. It's. It's amazing. Flows through me. His mercy. His grace. And yeah. yeah it's. And it's the faith. The faith I have is. It's unmovable. Yeah. And I. I just think it's a huge encouragement of the people that have journeyed alongside you. You know the people you've mentioned. I know you even another guy called Matt Moran. Yep. You talk about him having an unmovable mm-hmm. faith. You talk about. Graham and Sharon really, you know, seeing the spiritual side of, of your faith. Um, you know, Luke, who, who was kind of like a, a you know, guy walking alongside you. And um, it, it really is a beautiful reminder if we're going to see our, our lives, you know, change and transform, God's going to put people in there. Yeah, absolutely. And he put you in there as well, you know, yeah. from the start. So, and that's what, that's what he does. And he put people there who weren't Christians, I'm sure of it, you know, like my ex-wife. When she mm. said, you know, I, I think he, he put her there to get me to rehab. Yeah, wow. You know? Yeah. So, and now he's putting me in front of people. It's, you know, which is, isn't that discipleship, you know? Yeah, yeah, it's, big time. Yeah. When you, you know, one of the powerful things, you know, you accept Jesus into your life and you take the, the mm. hands off the steering wheel, what did that look like for you to go, well, my life is now in God's hands and it's about now... You know, letting go. I mean, even in in Foundation sixty one, you can be in there thinking about, "Oh man, I'm going to get right so I can get all these other things back in my life." But mm. I guess when you put God in there, all of a sudden He's like, "This is this is what I've got for you. This is what's ahead, and this is you know, even changing behaviour." I mean, what was that journey like just, for you? It was a changing behaviour. I mean, I did a lot of leading. Like I had my own company and I had quite a few, quite a few employees, so my leadership style has changed. You know, I used to be a, bulldo- a bulldozer, it, it was quite a bully, actually. You know, even my daughter, she said, you know, out of all the bullies in my life, Dad, you were the biggest bully, you yeah. know. And, and I was a bully at work as well with my workers and things like that where God's made me more empathetic. He's made me a better listener, you know, because I still do quite a bit of leading now in Foundation 61 and the Transition House and just a, a better listener, you know. And people, when people are talking to me, I feel, and I don't... I, they know that I'm listening. Yeah. You know, they, they, they know that I'm listening. Yeah. And, and they know that I love them as well. Yeah. You know, there's guys in, in Foundation 61 who I say, mate, I love you. And they, they look at me like that. And I said, mate, I love you dearly. Yeah. You know, and, and they don't get that from a, 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 uh, like a, a man. Like yeah. a, 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 it's, it's quite bizarre for them to hear that from a man. And in that again, that going back to experiencing that deep love of the Father and, and wanting yeah, to minister yeah, that, yeah, and because I just want it to flow. Yeah, I, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to bottle God's love up, I, and I want these lads, I want these lads at Foundation sixty one to see God's love, you know, to see to see what God's doing through me. Yeah, and they they might go, mate, I want to be like that, you know, yeah. and then they come and ask me, hey, Juicy, how do I do it? You know, it's awesome. Yeah, if you can kind of kind of. Um, package 
you know, I mean, if you look at who you were before you, you allowed Jesus to come into your life and, and what He's done and where you are now, I mean, can you think, man, I can't believe where I'm at and what I'm doing. I just can't. And can't even, you know, and even who you are now, can you kind of describe that? So say again. Sorry, mate. It's... I'm having a drink of water. You can't talk to me right now. <laughs> now, well, who I am now is I'm, I'm, I'm a servant of God. I'm here to serve God. I just want to serve God. And who I was before, I was serving the self. I was all about, you know, serving the self. Yeah, because you've talked even, about even it. Even above my family and things like that, I was getting mine before anyone else. Yeah, I think you talked about anything that you thought you could monetize and oh, make absolutely. money from where yep. now there's this, yep. this, this free gift. Of, I mm. mean, I guess there's an awakening of this free gift yep. of grace and mercy that's over your life and wanting to yeah. bestow yep. that on others. Yeah, so an example like John Rushgrove, my partner, as he was moving away, he, he liked to do samples for trade shows and things like that. And he did Jesus on the Cross, a, a, print, a really good print of it, and it was embossed and all that, and I hated it because we couldn't monetize it. <laughs> so I said to Johnny, how are we going to monetize this? You wasted how many hours? You know, and, and things like that. Where now, at his, at his memorial, because he died in 2020, so they had a memorial for him last year, there was a whole stack of them that never got rid, and they're in my top drawer now. Hell you know? Wow. Yeah. And I'm not going to, I won't sell them, I just hand them <laughs> out. <laughs> it's good. Yeah, it's great. Hey, um, one of the guys in our life group, you know, really identified when we would, you know, who you are and where he feels really God's gifted you. And um, I couldn't affirm it anymore. Uh, Andy Wright said, hey, mate, God's just given you like a full tank of encouragement that you Mm. can constantly, constantly pour out. And I think the beautiful part is I continue to see, you know, what God's done in your life is there. There's this, yeah, there is, as you've said, there's a deep desire to take the gift that you've been given and see others receive that. Mm. uh, you know, there's, yeah, I speak, uh, they might put that scripture up in Romans one twelve, and I've talked talk about that recently, uh, not recently, a lot with our young adults because I love the fact that it's about, that, that is that you, you and I may be mutually encouraged by each other's mm. faith. I receive that so much from you. Yeah. You know, through, when I see you on a Sunday, through life group, you know, this is a guy that calls, like from a pastoral side of things, it's a little, it's a little bit of a flip to me when he calls me up and he goes, hey, mate, just checking in on you, just seeing how you're doing. Like, mm. like I hung up the phone and just, my wife, oh, what was that? And I'm like, oh, just one of the guys, I just can't believe it. He's checking up on me to see how I'm doing. You're an amazing encourager. You've got an amazing heart. And I think, you know, you've got that quote that you always say to us in our life group and um, around, you'll say it better than me. Yeah, so, yeah. So it's like my, my purpose in life is to get to heaven and to take as many people with me as possible. Yeah. And, it's, and that's, that's the main thing, and I've just got to keep the main thing the main thing. The, that does, how, does, how do you see that playing out? I mean, you're obviously doing that through Foundation 61. Yeah, and yep, yep. So, well, I just, I don't, I don't hide it. Like, I'm not putting the candle under the bowl. It doesn't matter where I am now. Just people know that, that I'm a Christian and I love God and God loves me and they, they, you know the guys think I'm Ned Flanders at Foundation 61 yeah. like, really do, you know? and mate and I feed off that as well I rock in and start you know going thank you Jesus boys let's go to church you know and just just I've just shown the joy and and they do they like coming to church and things like that and I, I pray for divine appointments because I want I really that's my main thing and that's why I go every Sunday is just someone saying mate you know what's 
you know, why are you so happy all the time? Yeah. You know, just things like that. Yeah. And and just tell everyone about Jesus and what he did for us. And, yeah. And how, you know, your sins don't matter because Jesus died for them. Mm. Yep. Incredible, mate. I, I, I mean, for those that are here listening tonight and, and lif- listening online, like, yeah, your life does testify of that. I mean, for maybe someone sitting out there tonight, maybe someone listening online, you know, what's your encouragement? You've gone from someone that's like, mate, I, I was in control of my mm. life. You know, it's, it's a huge, you know, transformation in terms of, you know, behaviourally, but also that, you know, losing everything and going, you know what, and finding everything in yeah. Jesus. Like for those that are kind of struggling with that concept or giving their life over, what's your encouragement I there? just don't wait till you're fully broken. Don't wait till you're really, really broken. You know, just put your hand up and just say, I can't do it by myself. I need you, God. Yeah. You know, and just, and just accept the love. Yeah. And then let the love flow. Yeah. <laughs> you, yeah your life... What God's done in your life is it's a huge, a huge encouragement to, again, to the guys that, you know, our life group that journey along. Um, you know, it's, it's a beautiful story of seeing the people that have invested and seen, you know, invested into your life to see mm. you stand where you are today. Like you said, with, you know, driving guys to church and wanting to see others come, come to faith. You've gone from being, you know, being discipled to discipling others and if there's you know if we if we can take any deep encouragement from Andy's like how beautiful it is when you understand the father's love and you want to see that bestowed upon others mm. and so mate you, your life radiates the love of God it, it, it radiates what it is to have a relationship with our heavenly Father, and it radiates what it really is to understand what Jesus has done for us, and the grace that comes through Him, and the freedom that comes through Him, mate. And um, I'm just so honoured, and, and it's been a privilege to sit with you and and share your story. I feel like you want to say something else. Do you want to say one more thing? I love you, Robbie. I love you too. I love you dearly, Robbie. Can you put your hands together, this great man? Stand with me, mate. I, I inv- mate, stand with us, guys. It'd be great. I invited Andrew just to close in prayer and um, I just want to put the invitation out there. I'm not too sure who's out there tonight, but Andrew's story, maybe it seems really wow, like he's come from all that to this, but he would stand here going, you know, outside of all that, like don't hit rock bottom. His desire and, and a desire for our Heavenly Father is for you to have a relationship with Him. And I stand here tonight saying if that's you and you're like, whatever He's got, I want then um, I invite you tonight, come forward. Me and Andy are going to be up the front, got our other pastors up the front. You know what, even incredibly, you don't even need a pastor. You can, anyone here that you're journeying along with, you think they can pray for you, you can invite Jesus into your life and start that journey of giving Him full control and walking in that freedom and knowing the love of your Heavenly Father. Um, Can you pray, mate? And, And that'd be amazing. Lord, Heavenly Father, I thank You for today, Lord, and this chance just just to show this church the redemption that You've given me, Lord, and what a great Redeemer You are, Lord. Lord, what a great Creator You are, Lord, and what a merciful and graceful God You are, Lord. Lord, I just pray that Your love would come through and just wash through this house, Lord, and just flow through each one of us and then flow out onto the streets, Lord, and into the community, Lord. Lord, I pray if there's anyone here 
who's just not sure, Lord, and that they will come up and speak up and put their hand up and just say, I can't do it. Just help me to know God and help me to know Jesus, Lord. Lord, I thank you for Robbie. I thank you for the for the gift that he's given me in fellowship over the years, Lord, and just and brothership, Lord, and mateship, Lord. I I thank you so much for Robbie, and I thank you, I thank you, Lord, for all the other people you've put in front of me that have brought me closer to you, Lord. Lord, I just pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Hey, we're going to worship.